What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When Christ is revealed, we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And all who have this hope in Christ purify themselves as Christ is pure. May the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Happy All Saints Sunday. It's great to see everyone gathered for worship. In Jesus Christ, God has called us to be his children. And as children of God, we were also called to be saints, holy ones, sanctified ones to be like God, in whose image we are made. In fact, God's call and command to every one bearing his image all over the world for all time is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. So God calls us to be his children in Christ. And we are called to be saints. And God gives us the grace. The transforming and sanctifying power to fulfill this personal call. A call that is personal to each one of us. A call to holiness and purity. It reminds me of a quote by St. Bernard of Clairvaux. This is a very, very deep quote. He says, What we love, we shall grow to resemble. What we love, we shall grow to resemble. If we love Christ and seek Christ, we will resemble Christ as we grow in him. Well, All Saints Sunday always brings up the word saint. It's troublesome for some people because often people think that a saint is someone that the church has chosen to be an example and therefore they say quickly, well, I'm no saint. But yes, you are, as a matter of fact, and I'll tell you why. In the New Testament, Paul and others write letters to groups of Christians And they are called saints. And so Paul would say to the saints in Rome, he could just as easy write to the saints at St. Francis on Pony Point. How is it that we could be called saints, normal people like us, struggling, normal human beings? It is because they have been baptized. They've been baptized into the Holy sanctified, pure body of Christ. We've been baptized into Christ himself, who is the Holy One. And also, we've been baptized into the Holy Body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, that's why we're able to be called Holy Ones or Sanctified Ones by virtue of Christ and the Holy Spirit. But we're also called to be saints, which means that we are called to become saints, to become holy and sanctified, purified in reality. And so we are becoming 
holy, sanctified to be like Christ in our own unique personal way. We walk with Christ and in Christ to arrive finally to become like Christ to resemble Christ. And then third, we will finally become saints in the sense that finally after our death and after the revelation, the inescapable revelation that is the judgment, we by God's transforming grace will be in and with Christ, filled with Christ, sharing his own radiant, holy, pure, and loving presence forever and ever. We will be saints because that is ultimately what God wills for us. Well, we are God's children now, but we are called to be saints. So what do we do in the meantime? What are we called to do? Well, based on years of reading, very little experience on my part, and years in the church, I want to share some thoughts about what saints know and what saints do. Well, a saint knows that the light that they bear, the light that shines within them, is not actually their own. Saints know that they are filled and bear a light that is actually from God. The light belongs to God. And so they're not confused about what is happening in and through them. They know that they are filled with the light of God and not producing their own light apart from God, so to speak. Saints also know that being called holy means that we are being transformed over and over again, moment by moment, day by day, year by year, by an encounter with the Holy One. We do not become holy by ourselves, by somehow our own uh, efforts. We become holy and sanctified, purified. We are transformed by encounters over and over again with the Holy One, with God the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit. And those encounters will add up and shape us and transform us. And saints know that. Saints know that they are worthy by virtue of God's creation and God's grace and not by any effort, any point system that we have conceived in our own minds, not by taking a look at oneself and then scanning the mass of people and saying, oh, well, I'm doing a lot better than all of those people, so therefore this, this, and this. No, saints know that, in fact, there is no point system, that it's all grace by creation and grace by God's sanctifying power in Christ and the Spirit, and that is the truth of things. In that sense, saints have reached the end of themselves, and they know their own bankruptcy. They know their own terminal illness. They know their unending self-concern that just goes on and on. And finally, saints know of their own nothingness because they realize that all of this can end in death. And apart from God, apart from God's 
power, the power of the resurrection, the power of God's life, which we don't possess, but we can share, we are truly nothing. But saints also know this, that if they accept and receive and trust and bet the farm on God and God's love and grace, they can find themselves in and with the glorious Lord Jesus Christ forever. Isn't that wonderful? Well, what do saints do? Saints respond to Christ's presence over and over again by saying yes. By saying yes as a life, a way of life. A daily saying yes to God's presence over and over again. That's the only thing that really separates us from God. Because God has become one of us. God has joined heaven and earth. God has taken humanity down into even death itself and raised it up. The only thing that can separate us is our will in saying no. So we respond over and over again. And when we don't feel God's presence, we still seek it. We still pursue it. Saints know that they're not always going to have the sense of God's presence, the feeling of God's presence, the intuition of God's presence, but they will pursue it in faith and in trust all the days of their life. Number two, saints also take the journey with Christ into the heart. They take the journey with Christ into the heart and they do the inner work. They also take the journey outside of themselves with Christ to be with others. Now the journey with Christ into the heart is a courageous journey. It's a courageous journey because if we are with Christ and we are going into the depths of the heart, we will find in our own hearts things that we don't want exposed, things we would rather hide or not speak of or avoid. We wonder, how is all of this division and turmoil and desires, how are they a part of my heart? But as saints, we know that they are. And we have to go into the heart with Christ and allow him to begin that process of exposure of dealing with forgiveness, of healing that has to go on inside of our hearts. It's just a part of being sanctified, being made holy. So it is a courageous journey to go with Christ into the depths of the heart. But Christ is going in and with us as love, as righteousness, as truth and reality. Christ is going into the depths of our hearts to help us become people who are humble, who are merciful, who are forgiving, who are compassionate, who are peaceful. All the things that Jesus mentions in our gospel today in the Sermon on the Mount, at least in the Beatitudes. And that journey outward with Christ to be with others to be truly present to others, to receive others, to listen to others, 
to truly be with others and not have all of our stuff in the way. So the journey inward with Christ into the heart, the journey outward with and in Christ to be truly with others. And then the third thing that came to my mind was that saints are daily letting go of the illusion of control. Daily letting go of the illusion of control. You know, our brains are wonderful. They're amazing. But our brains are set to collect data and form facts and categories, and we like to put people and reality and all these things in what is in our brain, which is good. But our brain is this far from our heart, and we have to use the two together. We have to simply accept the vulnerability that is being human. We can't control the things of this world. We can't control other people. Saints know they can barely control themselves or admit they can't control themselves. So letting go of the illusion of control is a part of what saints do. Just before today began in our worship, I said to Father David, Father David, your writing is becoming so good that, number one, you have to continue. And number two, I really hope that at some point you'll gather up the best of what you've done and publish it because the church needs to hear it. And David's articulation of these things is so good and so wonderful And um, we're going to just twist David's arm until he uh, submits and uh, allows us all to be blessed by his works. But I have a quote and a poem from Father David for today. Father David says, my point is that the saint is focused on diligence and humility. The saint is more aware of his or her sinfulness than on any credit for godliness Saints are too busy on personal work to compare themselves to others. And then a little poem called The Saint. No nimbus, no nimble walk in godliness, just struggle and strain to see and do things that give life. Striving for what is clearly good in daily matters, stumbling around in the gritty context of the mundane. Light on delusions of goodness, heavily aware of challenges and flaws. The saint is the last to sense her saintliness, the first so see his foibles. So very true. On this day, we remember those who have gone before, those who have died. I know that many of us in our community have lost parents this year. We have lost spouses this year. We have lost children this year within this community. Some of us are in the process of walking the mourner's path in our grief. The book of remembrance is here on the altar, and it just so happened that I opened it up a few days ago and inscribe my father's name, the first of all the names listed for 2020. And of course, I was struck by that. But I was thinking that there are people that we know 
that we truly know their lives. And I wonder what they would say to us on this All Saints Sunday. And then I was reminded about Jane Elwood as well. She's someone whose life I know very well. What would these saints say to us? And remember that Jane Elwood was someone who knows what I'm talking about because she had the need to be silent for two hours every single morning for prayer, for reflection, for scripture, for study. And early in their marriage, Jane would have to tell Dick, you either have to be quiet or you have to go into another room because these two hours are the center of my day to get started. What would these saints say to us? I truly believe that I know what they would say to us. I haven't heard any voices, so don't worry. Uh, Although I'm open to that, but I, I don't hear any. But I think that they would say to us, get up for God's sake. Do not rest now. You can rest later. Keep going. Get back in the race. Seek Christ. Love him because he loves you more than you could ever imagine. Allow Christ into the depth of your heart, into your thoughts, and cling to Christ for dear life. Christ is the only thing that really matters. Because Christ is the source of love, of goodness, of joy, and reality itself. Repent. Ask for God's grace to empower you to continue on in faith, hope, and love. That's what I think the saints would encourage us to do. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When Christ is revealed, we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in Christ purify themselves just as Christ is pure. Amen.